0: And on this week's show we brace up for this weekend's Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers with the remaining 10 slots at this year's finals to be decided. And as FIFA has approved a revised 24-team Club World Cup starting in 2021, African clubs will be excited, but top European clubs say that they would boycott the tournament. So, will it take off? Also, we look at how national team coaches in Africa can select the best possible team, given how many Africans are playing all around the world. We speak to Switzerland-based Nigerian Stephen Ode. If it comes any,
1: anytime soon, I don't even like, I'm gonna grab it and represent my country. It's, it's my pleasure uh, representing my country.
0: Plus, lots on the English Premier League and Stuart's views on Ghana great Michael Essien moving to Azerbaijan. So that's all coming up, but first it's a huge weekend in African football as the final round of qualifiers for the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations finals is on. And there are still 10 places up for grabs, with 13 teams having qualified already, along with the hosts, Egypt. Cameroon, who were the initial hosts, need a draw at home to the Comoros to make it from Group B. Burundi host Gabon in a winner-takes-all clash in Bujumbura in Group C. If it's a draw, Burundi will qualify. Likewise in Group D, where Benin play at home to Togo, with Benin needing a draw or a win. South Africa play away to Libya in Group E, a tricky situation needing a draw to qualify along with Nigeria, who have already booked their place. Libya is still not allowed to play at home because of the security situation so the match takes place in Morocco. Well, it's nail-biting for us here in Zimbabwe, as the Warriors need a draw or a win at home to Congo-Brazzaville to qualify from Group G. Liberia host DR Congo, with a winner guaranteed to qualify, but if it's a draw, it depends on the Zimbabwe match. And in Group I, either Angola or Burkina Faso will qualify along with Mauritania. In Group K, three teams are in with a chance. That's guinea bissau who are top, and at home to Mozambique. If there's a winner, they qualify. Namibia have a chance, but have a difficult game away to Zambia, who are out of contention already. In Group L, Uganda are already qualified, and the other three teams still in with a chance. Tanzania at home to Uganda, and Cape Verde play at home to Lesotho. So it'll be a very tense weekend in many countries across the continent. We'll talk all about it on next week's show. And on social media this week, we'll be asking for your reaction to the results. If your team makes it or if your team fails to qualify, let us know how you're feeling. Also asking for your views on the results in general, as we see who makes it and who misses out. So that'll be on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. We can send us a WhatsApp with your reaction to the games to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Also, we have the second round of qualifying for the under twenty three Africa Cup of Nations taking place. These double-uppers qualifiers for the All-Africa Games. And the top three teams at the under-23 Nations Cup finals qualify for the men's football tournament at the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. So there's a lot at stake in these games. And the defending champions Nigeria lost 2-0 away to Libya in the first leg of their tie. They played on neutral ground in Tunisia. The second leg is on on Monday. Plus, we've had the quarterfinals draw for the CAF Champions League and the Confederation Cup. In the Champions League, Constantine of Algeria play the holders' Esperance of Tunisia. South Africa's Mamelodi Sundowns up against eight-time champions Al-Athli of Egypt. Horoya of Guinea face Morocco's Widad Casablanca. And Simba of Tanzania, who've gone beyond the group stage for the first time, have drawn Congolese giants, the five-time champions T.P. Mazembe. Al Athli came out on top in Group D with Simba taking second place as they qualified with a 2-1 home win over AS Vita of the DR Congo with a 90th minute winner. Well a great achievement for Simba Solomon as they were in the group stage for only the second time having been there in 2003 and for the first time as I say they've gone beyond the group stage. Well, it's such a historic occasion for uh, Simba FC
2: from Dar es Salaam in uh, Tanzania. This is a club side that has uh, really achieved quite a lot. In the Tanzanian Premier League, they've won it uh, 19 times. And, and the highest level of success that Simba SC achieved was getting to the final of the CAF Cup in 1993, when they lost to Stella Club of Cote d'Ivoire. It was the highest achievement on continental competition reached by any Tanzanian club. So they've been there and and achieved that. But still, there's more to be achieved. And one of the most memorable years for the club was uh, in 2003 when it knocked off the then reigning CAF champions, Zamalek of Egypt, on their way to qualify for the group stages of the CAF Champions League. So congratulations to them. You know, we, we hope to see more of that.
0: Yes, a big big well done to Simba of Tanzania for reaching the quarterfinals of the Champions League. The Confederation Cup quarterfinal draw sees Khanna of Zambia taking on C.S. Faxian of Tunisia. Etuale du Dusahel of Tunisia play Al Hilal of Sudan. Hassan Agadir of Morocco take on Zamalek of Egypt, and Kenya's Gorma here will face R. S. Berkane of Morocco. The first legs are in two weeks' time for both competitions. Well, now to the FIFA Club World Cup and FIFA has approved a revised 2014 club World Cup starting in 2021 this despite the top European clubs saying that they would boycott the tournament at the moment only one team per confederation takes part in the annual competition and now the new competition is expected to include eight teams from Europe and three from Africa it'll run every four years and take place from June to July in the slot currently used for the World Cup warm-up event, the Confederations Cup. We'll hear from Stuart in the UK shortly, but uh, Solomon, as far as Africa goes, would you say this is a good idea? I feel it's a good idea in one way and not so good idea in the other way.
2: Uh, obviously the good idea is we're going to have uh, three teams from Africa, but on the flip side, now we, instead of having it a club side from Africa uh, once a year, the African champion going into this tournament, uh, now we're only going to have a club sides, uh, three club sides, which is going to be once in four years, but from an African perspective, it is going to be uh, beneficial uh, for us, uh, whichever way because we we are still a growing football continent when it comes to club sites
0: yes and probably some good financial rewards there Uh, so Stuart, what do you make of this because obviously it won't work without the european clubs well steve this has certainly not made fifa many friends in europe the european club
3: association which represents 232 clubs in europe had argued that any new competition needed to be delayed until after 2024, when the whole structure was looked at. And frankly, the body has said the European clubs will boycott the revised tournament. As you say, the plan is to play it in July, August. And I understand that SoftBank, a Japanese bank, has offered up to $25 billion for a 50% share in the competition. But look at it from, say, Manchester City's perspective. They're currently involved in three competitions, the Premier League, the Champions League, the FA Cup, and they've already won the League Cup. If City reach the final of the Champions League and the FA Cup, they will have played 61 games so far. So what they would really need come the end of May is another competition to play in, like the 24 Club World Cup with another six games. And, you know, Steve, if they get the timing right, by the time it's over, uh, players could go straight back into pre-season training. I mean, the view in Europe is, frankly, that players already play too many matches, as well as potentially 60 games for your club. You may be playing six internationals for your country. And most people would say that that's already too much football without adding another competition. Now, the Club World Cup has been around in one form or other for about 20 years. It started with the Intercontinental Cup, with one club from Europe playing one from South America. And in fact, in 2001, I found myself in Japan and watched Bayern Munich beating Boca Juniors 1-0. And I even remember that Sami Kufor scored the winning goal. But it was hard not to see it as a meaningless game between two clubs who had flown several thousand kilometres to play a pointless game in the middle of a busy season. And I remember once interviewing Lucio, a World Cup winner with Brazil and later Brazilian captain, and said to him, you know, you've won the World Cup. What ambitions have you left? He said, I want to win the Champions League. But he didn't say anything about being World Club champions. So I would say that despite being around for 20 years... And from a European perspective, it remains an unnecessary and fairly pointless competition.
0: Yes, so a meaningless competition as far as the European clubs are concerned, but something for Africa and the rest of the world to get excited about probably. Uh, So June and July 2021 is when the first edition of the expanded FIFA Club World Cup is scheduled. But we'll see who will back down. Will it be FIFA or those European clubs? Well, thanks, Stuart, to do stay with us. So this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime. time. Also, you can get to past programmes in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Also, you can listen on our New Look website, planetsport.tv. Our other shows are there too. That's Planet Sport and the Planet Sport Rugby podcast. Also, you can read interviews with various sports stars there, including Ghana's Christian Achu and Zambia's Patson Daka. Uh, Plus, pictures and profiles of all of the team in the About Us section. That's on our New Look website, planetsport.tv. Well, now we turn to social media and last weekend saw the final matches in the group stage of the CAF Champions League. In 2017, the competition was expanded to 16 teams in the group stage and many of the matches are now televised across Africa. So last week we asked, is this helping to make the competition more interesting for you? On WhatsApp and Mamadou Lamine Kante in The Gambia says, indeed, it is becoming more interesting. By adding eight teams to the previous eight, it really makes it a good league. And the most important part is televising all of the games. In Sierra Leone, Mohamed Manika-Sisse agrees, saying yes, televising the games is going to help greatly in the growth of the African Champions League, says Mohamed. It'll create more awareness across the continent with more teams competing, and I think the TV companies are ready to partner too. Arina Itwe Emmy in Uganda is also a fan. Yes, actually, the Champions League is more interesting now, says Arina Itwe. I'd like to see the number of teams increase even more from the 16 in years to come. Dan Ogega is in Kenya. Yeah, the competition is very stiff, says Dan, and very interesting. Again, teams from the south of the Sahara are trying their best to break the dominance initially enjoyed by the North African clubs. Mohamed Aikinte in the Gambia is enjoying the tournament too. Yeah, it's uh, really tough and I'm following it. It's no more just the big guns like al athli or Esperance dominating anymore. So the competition is really interesting, says Mohammed. And Julan Ding also in the Gambia, agrees, saying, yes, uh, the Champions League is very interesting because the first time I can watch the games live on TV and see so many talented African footballers who are working very hard to make it to the top level, says Julan Ding. However, Blessings Nyerenda in Malawi feels there's still some way to go. Yes, of course, it is more interesting now, says Blessings, but generally the African competitions need to be fully commercialised so that they can become even better. Usman, the special one in the Gambia, is enjoying this year's competition. It's yes, great, says Usman. People are getting to know the top African teams around the continent and really enjoy watching some of the big games. To Nigeria, and Abina has mixed views. Yes, television coverage in the expanded format is helping to make the competition more interesting, but I'm not enjoying it as the Nigerian teams have been poor lately. I think our poor performance is because our best players ply their trade in Europe, and I think more can still be done to make the Champions League and Confederation Cup better, says Abina. Yes, indeed, lobby stars of Nigeria failed to make it to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Lamine Sané in the Gambia is very positive. Yes, it's more interesting now, says Lamine. Television is playing a vital role in its popularity, plus the digital media and the expansion to 16 teams is another massive step in the right direction. But Abdullah Soh, also in the Gambia, isn't so convinced. Uh, Yes, to some extent it's more interesting, says Abdoulaye. This should have been the most watched league in Africa, but it won't be due to the low quality of players and the low investment in the game. Yes, one can say that there is an increase in the number of followers of the league, but it is on a low scale. And Biswek and Jakwa in Malawi goes even further. Uh, No, the interest in football has gone down, says Biswek. This can be debatable, but for me, it is a fact." Even though it's televised across Africa, fewer fans take an interest in watching the games as compared to five or ten years ago. This is because over the past years we had good players who you'd love to watch playing for teams like Orlando Pirates, Kaiser Chiefs, Etoile du Sahel, Eyemba, TP Mazembe, Zanaco, and Dynamos of Zimbabwe to name just a few. Interesting thoughts there, Bizweg. We always welcome your voice notes on WhatsApp and in the Gambia, Ibrima Kante is a fan.
2: I think the CAF Champions League is becoming more interesting and I love it. I love it in a sense that then it was only favouring the big teams. But now this expansion, smaller teams from small countries are coming up and it is good for African football. I'm loving it and if you look at the competition this year, it is fascinating.
0: Thanks there to Ebrima Kante. And we end on this note from Mohammed Ba in The Gambia, saying, absolutely, it is definitely more interesting with the expansion of the teams and the matches being televised across Africa. Football lovers now have the chance to watch clubs like Sundowns, Al-Athli and Haroya of Guinea. But there is still a lot of room for improvement as many African sports journalists and football fans pay little interest to the African Champions League. Thanks for that, Mohammed. and certainly that is very true. There's much more we can do uh, to add glamour to the African Champions League. Thanks so much for all of those comments. So this week we're asking for your reaction to this weekend's games in the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers. So if your team does well, if your team fails to qualify, let us know how you're feeling. Also, welcoming your views on the results in general as we see who makes it and who misses out. So you can go to our Facebook page Planet Sport Football Africa or send us a WhatsApp to +447955232780 that's +447955232780 Well, next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, a look at how national team coaches can select the best possible team, given how many Africans are playing all over the world, some in big leagues, some in less fashionable leagues, and some who are playing at home, where they might perhaps be overlooked by the national team coach until they prove themselves overseas. Nigeria striker Stephen Ode is in great form at FC Zurich in Switzerland. Ode says he's happy to wait for his chance to become a full Nigeria international. Uh, the 20-year-old has played twice for the Super Eagles B-side and made his international debut for the Super Eagles as a late substitute in the 3-0 friendly win over Togo in June 2017. Well, Nigeria manager Gernot Rohr has said that Ode, who's one of the country's best performers in Europe, is being monitored by his scouts. Ode was top scorer with MFMFC in the 2016 Nigerian League with nine goals before following that up the following season with 18 to emerge as the league's second highest scorer. His impressive form caught the eye of FC Zurich, who signed him in October 2017. And Oluwashin Okaleji spoke to Stephen Ode and asked how things are for him in Switzerland.
1: Uh, Swiss League, uh, it's been like hard working, prayer, focus and dedication for me. So I just want to, I just keep working out and, and I hope uh, once you're working out with God on your side, uh, everything's going to go for you.
2: A lot of people say you play without pressure. Where does that come from?
1: I, I believe like when I'm on the field, like, you don't have to play on uh, pressure, like because playing under pressure, like you just lose concentration. You just do everything wrong on the pitch. So I just want to like go to the pitch, do my best, be calm and decide for, for myself.
2: You're one of those few players who say, I'm not bothered about the national team. I can only keep doing my job and if I get attention, I'll come. But how long do you think you can wait if that call doesn't come? Does that still keep you calm? Uh,
1: the the call will, will never change me playing like for my team. I just want to keep continuing and doing my best uh, for my team. And if it if it comes any, anytime soon, I don't even like I'm gonna grab it and represent my country. It's, it's my pleasure uh, representing my country.
2: People say the Swiss teams whenever they go to Europe, you know, people look down on them. They will say, oh, they are third-rated league. No, but your team Fiziwi, you've actually shown that there's so much going on in the Swiss league.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's football. Football, like. Uh, and me as a person, I like when, when people like underrate us, the, the, the same thing happened also in Nigeria, they underrate MFM, so I, I, at the end of it, everything, we emerge second on the log, so I just believe they should keep underrating us and we keep doing best.
2: The Super Eagles, everybody said Stephen O'Day, when he was in Nigeria, maybe he didn't get a look in, playing abroad should give him that global light that everyone wants to see, do you agree with that?
1: Um, My own belief is even when you're in Nigeria anywhere so far you're doing well, you should should, should get the chance. So I believe it it doesn't matter maybe you're in Europe or you're in Nigeria, so far you're doing well. You should be given the opportunity to prove yourself.
0: So that is Nigerian striker Stephen Ode who plays for FC Zurich in Switzerland, still waiting for his breakthrough with the Nigeria national team. Uh, well, Solomon, interesting insight there. And uh, you wonder how coaches like Gernot Rohr of Nigeria can choose the best squad when there are hundreds of players around the world who deserve to be considered for Nigeria, including some of those who are shining in their home country.
2: Yeah, Stephen O'Day is definitely one of those uh, players that are included in the hundreds of players around the world who deserve to be considered. Uh, and there are quite a lot of African players all over, uh, quite a lot of Nigerian players all over. And Stephen O'Day definitely for FC Zurich uh, is, is one of those stories where you ask yourself, <laughs> you know, why is he missing uh, in the team invited to, to play for the Super Eagles? But there are a lot, like there's, there are a lot of Stephen O'Day across, you know, the world of You know, from Nigeria and the coach of Nigeria Super Eagles definitely is going to be something for him to keep monitoring there are players in in Belgium players in Switzerland players in Austria in Poland uh, players in Italy maybe the second Serie B of Italy uh, players somewhere in in Spain that we actually don't know about but they're gradually coming up uh, you know and monitoring them is definitely important for the coach of the Super Eagles for him to be able to choose the best squad, uh, and also trying to see how he can mix, mm-hmm. you know, young players and also older players. It's it's also important, and and based on the need, you know. Uh, but the talents are there; uh, they sh- they're shining uh, all across, and they're shining even locally in the nigerian premier league then the coach he can monitor everybody uh most of these players who are, who are doing well and 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 really keep his eyes there and and get to get them involved at, at one point or the other
0: yeah sure must be very difficult for some of these african national team coaches when there are so many players to choose from and so many to assess and we'll see if a stephen ode will get his chance with the nigeria super eagles We're next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Uh, We go back to Stuart Weir in the UK. Uh, No English Premier League games this weekend, as it's an international weekend. So Liverpool have that two-point lead after beating Fulham last weekend, with Manchester City having a game in hand as they were in action in the FA Cup, Stuart. Yeah, Liverpool beating Fulham
3: takes them back to the top of the league, uh, but City do have that game in hand. For Chelsea, the dismal run continues uh, with a defeat at Everton. And looking at the bottom of the table, Huddersfield's game at West Ham rather summed up their season. They played brilliantly, were 3-1 up with 15 minutes to go. But 15 minutes was long enough for them to concede three goals and West Ham won 4-3. So... That leaves us with a battle for the top four places remaining incredibly tight with Tottenham, Arsenal, Manchester United and Chelsea separated by four points with just eight games to go. And at the bottom, I think we could say that Huddersfield and Fulham have gone. But Cardiff, Burnley and Southampton are fighting to avoid the third relegation place and they're separated by just two points. But, you know, last weekend, we saw some incredible FA Cup quarterfinals. Excitement and high drama, certainly. Well, first of all, Wolves beat Manchester United 2-1. You know, some people would say that's a shock. But don't forget that Wolves are seventh and Manchester United are fifth in the Premier League. And with home advantage for Wolves, it really wasn't a total shock. Um, Watford beat Crystal Palace. And in the semi-final, it'll be Wolves against Watford at Wembley. But... The really controversial game was Manchester City coming from 2-0 down to beat Swansea City of the championship. Now, for some strange reason, VAR is only being used in FA Cup ties if they're being held at Premier League grounds. So, Swansea being in the championship didn't have VAR. Swansea are leading 2-1 with 12 minutes to go. And Manchester City are awarded a penalty, which they score. Then Aguero scores and City win 3-2. But the tragedy for Swansea is the TV replay show. First of all, the penalty wasn't a penalty, but rather a fair tackle with the defender taking the ball. And that Aguero was offside when he scored the winning goal really hard on Swansea. Millwall of the Championship led Brighton 2-0 with two minutes to go. And then Brighton scored two goals and in fact had a winning goal ruled out for offside when, yet again, TV replays suggested it was not offside. So, Brighton went on to win on penalties and they will play Manchester City in the semi-final. A lot of excitement, but sadly overshadowed by errors by the officials and the lack of VAR. Now, I just want to mention the Premier League goal-scoring list, which looks very impressive from an African perspective. Top goal-scorer in the Premier League this season is... Aguero, Manchester City, with 18 goals. And then on 17, there's Harry Kane, alongside Pierre-Emerick Obermayang Sadio Mane, and Moussa, all on 17 goals. And really, it's fascinating and too close to call as to who will be the top-scoring African in the Premier League this season. Um, finally, Steve, we mentioned Tottenham's problems with the new stadium. Well, I am reliably informed that on the 3rd of April, Tottenham will play Crystal Palace in the new White Hart Lane. Uh, what a disaster this has been for the club. The original plan was to start playing in it September last year, and it has taken a further six months before they've managed to complete the stadium and get the safety and security clearances.
0: Yes, and that could have cost them some crucial points. Under Stuart, former Ghana and Chelsea midfielder Michael Sen has joined Azerbaijan top-tier side Sabail FK. A 36-year-old Essien has signed a deal until May 2020. He'll assist the coaching staff of his club's under-19 side as part of his quest for a coaching badge. SEN has been a free agent since ending his contract with Indonesian side Persib Bandung in March of last year. Uh, this will be the midfielder's eighth professional club. What do you think of this move, Stuart? Yes, uh, Michael Essien will
3: certainly be remembered most for the eight seasons he spent at Chelsea, where he played at over 160 league games. He was part of that great Chelsea team that won the Premier League twice and the Champions League. At that time, I would have said he was one of the absolute top midfield players in world football. His early career had been in France. And during his time at Chelsea, he even had a season on loan at Real Madrid, followed by AC Milan and Greece and, as you say, Indonesia and now Azerbaijan. So he certainly play football and see the world. Incidentally, Azerbaijan is a country of eight million people on the Caspian Sea, with Russia to the north and Iran to the south. His club, Sabai are currently third in the league table of the only eight clubs in the top division. You'd have to say the standard of football in Azerbaijan is not great. For example, Kwarabag played in the Europa League against Arsenal and lost 1-0 and 3-0 earlier this season. I checked and there are 12 other African players playing in Azerbaijan, but no one else from Ghana. And as you say, we understand that he will be a player coach, and I presume the idea is that he wants to get some coaching experience with a view to moving to one of the top clubs in Europe, and certainly he has a pedigree for that. He's had a great career. He's nothing to prove to anyone. So even if he's going to Azerbaijan partly for the money, who can blame him? He's done his time, he's played at the top teams, and he's now looking for a new challenge.
0: Yes, absolutely. And we wish Michael Essien all the best in Azerbaijan. Thanks, Stuart. Uh, That's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare from Solomon Ashams in South Africa and from Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.